Welcome to the first ever episode of the Postwriter's newest podcast, Politics Express, our new recurring politics podcast. I'm your host, Lars Emerson, the Postwriter's state and science editor, here to kick off this new podcast and tell you a bit about this first episode. Unlike our mini-series such as Running Mates or Watching Mates, this new podcast will be general interest politics related, and we'll hope to hop on and talk about whatever's going on in the world as it comes up, or get into one of several recurring segments we hope to undertake here. For our very first episode, we are excited to launch one of these recurring segments, a multi-year project based on something I know you all love, Republican primaries. <laughs> That's right, folks. The Postwriter is launching its own 2024 Republican primary draft. And joining me in this draft is the Postwriter's editor-in-chief, the one, the only, Michael Levito. Hello, Mike. It's true. I do think I am actually the only Michael Levito on the planet Earth. <laughs> well, <laughs> certainly the only one I know. There can only uh, be one. Also joining us is longtime Postwriter friend and contributor, Chris Chobin. Chris, for our uh, more loyal listeners who already, you know, gush over Michael and myself, Introduce yourself. Hi, uh, I, I know these lovely folks from American University. Uh, I am a politics interested and been willing to talk on air. <laughs> we have a low bar for joining this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, gentlemen. So here is how this is going to work. We are each going to take turns drafting eight candidates, each who we will have on our team roster. Our goals in selecting our roster this episode are multifaceted. One, you want to pick candidates you believe will announce that they are running. You're going to get five points if you're holding a candidate when that happens. Two, you want to pick candidates who you believe will make it to debates. You're going to get three points for that, unless the Republicans do what they did in 2016 and do a JV varsity debate system that's very weird, and then it'll be two points for JV, four points for varsity. Three, you want to pick candidates who you believe will make it to the first caucus or primary. They just need to survive until that long. You're going to get 10 points for that. Four, you want to pick candidates who you believe will win one of those first four contests or primaries. You'll get 10 points for each win. Five, we will want to pick candidates who you believe will win more caucuses and primaries after that. You're going to get only one point for each win after the first four contests. And of course... Last but not least, you want to pick candidates who you believe will actually win the nomination. You will get 20 points for this. This means that just picking the winner, though, is not a surefire way to win. You also want to balance your roster with people who are likely to run, survive through Iowa, and win some primaries. Someone who holds a bunch of candidates who simply make it to Iowa will beat the person who has just picked the nominee, if that makes sense. So this incentivizes you to think kind of strategically and take advantage of the two hooks that we are going to have in our draft here. The first hook is that we are allowed to trade these candidates amongst each other and sub them out for others that are unselected. These trades can only happen on the air here on Politics Express. Mm -hmm. So we hope that that will make for some good listening as you follow the Republican horse race along with us these next few years. And the second hook we have to have the candidate on our roster when one of the events happens. So if one of us trades Ron DeSantis away to the other, the week before he announces his candidacy, it's tough luck to the person who is not holding him. 
So think of this kind of as like a fantasy football, but for the Republican Party, uh, it'll be it's a little more than just a for fun only speculative draft. There's actual points here. <laughs> Any questions, gentlemen? So when we say announce, I assume that we mean it has like a formal announcement event says I am like definitively going to be running for president. Not like a few days ago where Trump was like, oh, yeah, we're definitely I'm definitely like Trump has kind of said like, oh, yeah, like I. You know, I'll, I'll I'll run in 2024 just like offhandedly on cable news, right? We're looking for like a formal announcement. Right. It has to be a legal announcement. So forming mm. a campaign committee doesn't really count. Because that's but, an exploratory or Right, exactly. It has to be an actual like FEC certified, this is a candidate. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, any other questions? That the, uh, if I'm holding someone... They announce, I get the points, I trade them away, I keep the points. You keep the points. So yeah. if you think someone's definitely going to announce, but you think they have no chance of winning, you could theoretically trade that person away as soon as you're done with them and give them yeah. to Mike, who thinks has a great chance of winning or something. Well, so if, if we're holding someone and they announce that they will not run, are we allowed to drop them and pick someone else? Yes. You can drop them as much as you like, but then, of course, someone could pick them up. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Finally, before we get started, I'll add one last note that you can follow along with all of our picks, trades, and standings on the postwriter.com slash 2024 draft. You'll see fun little photos of Mike and Chris and myself and who sits on each of our team rosters, as well as an updating ledger of all drafts, trades, and substitutions. Check it out. Once again, that's the postwriter.com slash 2024 draft. Okay, let's get started. We're going to be doing this via a snake draft and by a random number generator. So I have generated a random number between one and three. Chris, three. pick a number. Three. Mike. One. Oh, great. <laughs> well, by the random number generator, I will be going first. Chris <laughs> will be going second and Mike will be going third. So how a snake draft is going to work is uh, it'll go Lars, Chris, Mike, and then Mike will get to go again. And then Chris, me. So I'll get first. And then sixth pick, much to my chagrin. So I guess I will kick us off with the exciting number one draft pick I know we're all looking forward to. Let's start the draft. So unfortunately, because I'm actually a little down on his chances this week, I have to pick Donald Trump for the first first pick here. Here's why I'm actually kind of hesitant about that, though. He got booed at his own rally like a couple days ago for supporting vaccination. It feels like his people are so angry that they're willing to throw him under the bus too. Uh, that's, that's like a, uh, they feel like he had to say it, but he doesn't really believe it, but they're still, they still came to the rally. Like, yeah, they're still gonna, <laughs> like who, who, who are the, who are they going to vote for instead? Like it, the real question know? is, does he run? Cause right. They, right. Yeah. That, that, and the real question is, did there's the sort of idea that he didn't really think he was going to win at any point, And then when he finally won the presidency, he was like distraught. But that and there's the one there's one of two worlds, one in which he served his time as president because he knew it was going to be useful and left and is now never going to put himself in the position of having to be president again because he thought it was annoying or two that like, oh, I actually have a shot. And he totally reoriented to actually being a long-term candidate and always doing that. Um, 
Yes, I'm also kind of bearish on if he runs at all, if we're being honest. I just, I I, kind of have to take him because if he runs, I figure like he's going to do very, very well. So I'm trying to maximize some points there. But I'm going to ask, if either of you got the first pick, would you have chose someone different? No, No, you have to. Uh, Okay, well, glad I... (laughs) It's the highest value, right? Because if he ends up running it's like an automatic perfect score almost right yeah and that like no one else is going to run so no one else can score any points and he's almost guaranteed to win well i got the boring pick but it sounds like i got the best one (laughs) so chris take it away yeah gotta gotta go with uh the only other person showing up in polls ron desantis he's doing well i i fear 10 points of that is probably just gonna be um, because he's the big name saying COVID stuff right now. But I think that still leaves him pretty high up um, in his ability to sort of do stuff and move around. He's the only person my parents are talking about uh, <laughs> by name recognition and seems to be doing well in the polling. I think uh, my suspicion is he gets closer so long as Trump stays out of things and doesn't tr- really super back anyone which, to be fair, if he backs anyone, it might be Ron DeSantis. Right. Um, but that uh, he'll probably get more match even than others, but probably still stay a few points ahead and seems charismatic enough to do some work in there and actually pull out the victory. Yeah, I it's int- he, he was number two on my big board as well. I think, you know, he's, <laughs> I think he's the consensus non-Trump pick at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it's int- I, I watched a few highlights from one of his debates against andrew gillum from like 2018 the thing about him is that like he's not like the most exciting person like he's like a pretty generic politician Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of interested to see let's say trump doesn't run DeSantis probably comes in as the front runner Mm -hmm. but i wonder he's been built up so much by really right-wing media and by by sort of like you know party yellers or whatever like Mm -hmm. i'm interested to see if like once he actually opens his mouth and starts campaigning if some people get a little disappointed yeah he's he's just talking like a normal politician he's not trumping it up exactly and maybe they maybe they drift to someone else who's a little more trump-esque or or they drift to someone who they have sort of more like uh familiarity with like a ted cruz or a I was gonna say Marco Rubio, but no, no, I don't think it will be him. But <laughs> I feel like, in a way, he is kind of the Marco Rubio, where it's like everyone just seems to think, oh, he's definitely going to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. He has such a good chance, but no one's really thought it through. Ron DeSantis is, you know, he's like a, he's only been governor for two years. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. a he's a pretty unknown quantity nationally. Like, yes, he was a congressman, but he was like a no- nothing congressman, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So so, yeah, I, I think that was a – Ron DeSantis was number third, three on my list. Gotcha. Mm. But I assume Mike's going to take my number two. <laughs> I Maybe. I don't know. You're a little ins- idios- idiosyncratic with these things. Um, <laughs> well, so my, my first overall well, – not my first overall pick. My, my first round pick will be uh, former Vice President Mike Pence. Ooh. Uh, there he is. Yeah. I, so, right. So – Here's high. the thing. What? That's so high. I expected well, him to okay. come in a little lower. I mean, if you look at most polls, he is in the top three, right? And granted, it's like a 13% top three, but he's still in the top three. And here, here's the thing. I feel like... So, okay, the, the elephant in the room, right, is that he did not do what Trump wanted to do and throw out the electors, which, I mean, he legally cannot do. But, you know, <laughs> the, the thing is that, you know, he did. He, 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 he sort of, like, 
got a lot of plaudits for for not doing what Trump wanted to do, and also obviously some derision from Trump supporters. I am skeptical that the number of people who think that Pence that that think that Pence should have done that or um, will hold that against him is as large as some people assume it is. Like I actually like. I think those people are just happen to be the loudest. And yes, that means they probably are also the most likely to vote in a primary. But I just think the idea that this is going to is what's going to keep him from like winning the nomination just feels kind of uh, I, I, I just don't really buy it. And I, you know, he's got a great he, he's sort of a textbook movement conservative. He'll have the religious right behind him. He's now working with the guy who helped Mike Huckabee win the 2008 Iowa caucus. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for like moderates too, or like people who are Republicans, but don't like Trump, like, you know, he, he, he's a great cop out, right? Yes. Yeah. He was part of the administration, but he did give in to, you know, the sort of successes. Exactly. Right. Uh, so yeah. He's also definitely acting like he's running. And yes, a, yes. A, a thing that I think gives Mike Pence kind of an advantage over like a Ted Cruz, uh, type person is, Mike Pence has actually never run for president before. <laughs> and usually Iowans don't like people who have run before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you could be onto something there. Yeah. Um, and then so he, was, get, he was not your number two? No. Oh. I'm going to wait to see if anyone takes it. But you get the next pick. <laughs> hey. uh, you get the fourth pick, Mike. Yeah. So I don't know. This is kind of have me rethink a little bit. Um. <laughs> Mike really didn't want to go third. <laughs> so, I, I, this is kind of it, worst it always scenario. sucks having to do two back to back. It feels like you have yeah. to do like kind of double the work. So I'm looking at my big board and OK, so I have two people who I definitely think are going to run, neither of whom I think are going to do particularly well. Yeah, yeah. And ranked below them, I have someone who is most likely going to run. So I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to. This might be a bit of a reach, but I'm going to actually pick uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Damn it. My next pick. Was that your number he two? He was my number two pick. Yeah. Um, a guy who's definitely running um, or seems very likely to run. Someone who is trying to appeal to the youth. He's a big free Britney guy now. Um, I, I think that he is. If you follow sort of like past Republican logic, he would be next in line because he came second place in the primary. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think it's also again he's someone that most people actually like. You can tell just do not like, but Republican primary voters liked him enough to give him second place in 2016. So and he won Iowa, right? Which may be to his discredit point. here, though. <laughs> yeah. When when people talk about hating him, it's that all of his Senate colleagues hate him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, but he 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 is kind of just like a. Um, he he, uh, he he is like a um a low key own the libs guy, right? Yeah. Like I think the fact that he makes people angry probably appeals to a lot of people. And he's also just like he has Tea Party bona fides. I don't know that that really matters quite as much anymore as it probably did. But my, my suspicion is it's your your ability to make Tea Party bona fides matters more than actually having them. That yeah. like you were the type of person that were able to exist in that environment. Because I I think the thing that's actually going to benefit him is having flip-flopped a little bit on Trump might actually be to his benefit only because he went so hard both directions that, like, no matter how where the primary ends up, he'll sort of be able to say, I did that. If, mm-hmm. if it, it continues as it is, that Trump is a big name, he's got the last, like, three years that he really hammered home 
that he's Trumpin and the Trumpin in the free world and that everything, uh, everything, the, the social, the on the libs, uh, social, God, I'm going crazy. Uh, cancel culture is like the worst thing in the world. And if uh, Trump really gets thrown under the bus or pushed under, that he can sort of go back to the last time, uh, at the last primary where he said sort of uh, vote your conscience. Um, it, the reason I think Ted Cruz is kind of strong is that he is like the most incompetent man <laughs> in the <laughs> Senate. He constantly trips over himself and does some of the like dumbest stuff any politician could do, right? Like the whole Texas energy <laughs> fiasco where he yeah. threw his daughters under the bus. And yet oh, yeah. people <laughs> still seem to be very like fond of him whenever he opens his mouth. Um, not the nation, but certainly Republican primary voters. So well, the thing is, like he, he's like a character now, right? It's right. like yeah. the way but like Marco Rubio that. is boring. Like he yeah. is not a character. He's just like boring and weird. Whereas like Ted Cruz is like weird and annoying, <laughs> but like you know what you're getting out of him. So yeah, yeah. Good, good pick. Good pick. All right, Chris, back to you. Okay, I I think there's a lot on the board of like the the party keeps full Trump in. Um, Pence being kind of the exception of like maybe they mellow out a little bit. I think the next pick because uh, they've been on the list, they're getting some points, and if there's a chance 2022 doesn't go as well as they like, that uh, it's got to be Nikki Haley. I think. Mm. I, I, I hesitated putting her this high up on the list, but I think it's just there's a solid chance she 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 looks like she's already running. You, that that puts some points in it there for me. Um, and just uh, the whole we want someone who is who's who went along with Trump but is was able to push back against a little bit, um, but didn't push so bad push so much against Trump that like they got a sort of a name for it. Um, very classic uh, politician, uh, but I think might be able to hold up under it all. Uh, yeah, I think those those are my major tenets. Yeah, she's definitely going to run, and I think there's definitely a, a, a group of Republican voters, Reed, my father, who really want her to run. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I also she also gets like, I, I if I had had this pick, I probably also would have taken her. I actually had her ranked ahead of Ted Cruz until like just now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do I do think she has some like Marco Rubio like flop potential. Like I so, <laughs> that's I, the problem. Is, she is just how much of. She's being built up by the press. Does any of that have any recognition once things get into it? Can't she put a campaign together? It feels like she can. She seems pretty competent, uh, especially by comparison to the rest of the people that were sort of in the Trump administration. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, there's definitely flaw potential. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I, but I think she's one of the people who can really split the sort of like Trump, not Trump uh, difference, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, she was there, then she left. Uh, you know, she, 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 she can spin, spin, spin it well. I yeah. I, the, the, I, this is the, she can be a regular politician and for the most part is, and that either is going to be very like really thrust her up into it or just have her totally crater out because all of the regular politicians can't get anywhere. Agreed. She's also pretty top on my list. So, and yeah, I think, like you said, she splits the difference. Moderates are going to be okay with her. And, you know, maybe the most Trump-friendly people aren't, but you don't need all of them. Um, I'm now in the exciting position of getting two picks. So I get <laughs> – uh, I'm going to go – first of all, I'm going to go with Tim Scott. 
Oh, uh, the South Carolina senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. He is, of course, the only black Republican in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, he is raising a ton of money uh, right now. Um, and he, you know, he's kind of had a few. Mo- he had like a pretty big moment at the Republican National Convention mm-hmm. uh, last year. Uh, he also. um He's up for re-election in 2024, if I'm not mistaken. And he uh, has raised just a lot of money around that, but he's also been able to... I mean, a lot of people know who he is, right? He's leaned kind of more into criminal justice issues. Uh, he's been working, working with Cory Booker on uh, like police reform. That's actually not panning out, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think he's a he's a good... Uh, you know, he, he comes across more moderate than he actually is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, he's yeah. not up for re-election in 2024. And there will be a lot of voters who want to make the bet like, well, you know, Trump did better with non-white voters in 2020 than he did in 2016. And mm-hmm. who better to sort of like make sure that that the uh, the whatever they were calling it, like the the exodus of black voters the democratic parade that's not really happening um who who better to see it through than tim scott right uh, i agree and he, he's a guy who who very much i think appeals to like you know i think he he was literally like a financial advisor before he was in politics <laughs> you know he appeals to kind of like the mitt romney class while also having enough concern but he also being enough conservative enough excuse me to appeal to sort of like the redder base and then also just you know is very much the C. We're not racist. We 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 nominated Tim Scott. Exactly. He has said so. He's up for re-election in 2022. My apologies, but he has said that that will be his last campaign ever. And everyone else is kind of like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is what he said: is he'll be running for re-election in 2022 and then never running for any election again. So I, I'm I'm embracing a little bit of risk with this pick. But. Yeah. I I that. I'm not sure if that statement is true, but the the fact that you make that statement rather than the like, oh, I don't know, I, I could never run in 2024, like uh, makes me think that uh, the last two that since the last primary, like things have shifted enough that maybe he's uncomfortable in the space of where the Republican Party is operating. Um, maybe that'll change over the next two years, but it seems to be on that trajectory of maintaining the the weird space around uh, race that Trump has created open and at sort of the top of the ticket rather than at the bottom simmering as it used to. Um, right. But he so strikes even, me as even someone, if he does run, he might struggle to just sort of be in that space. Yeah, he strikes me as someone that if there's an opening, if there's like a slight moment of weakness, he can come in and kind of like say, "Look, maybe this isn't our time right now." <laughs> um. So who knows? For my number seven pick, I'm going to go with uh, Trump's former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, Mm -hmm. who is really acting like he's planning on running. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Pompeo is, of course, a Kansan who has spent a lot of time in Iowa and New Hampshire. (laughs) Um, And like, I don't know, my my thought here is he looks like he wants to run, sounds like he wants to run, talks like he wants to run. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe if this Afghanistan thing goes on, poorly he sees it like a pretty big opening to come out and say well biden's wrong and i'm the one who can fix it mm-hmm. yeah i it's i i think you're right he he is definitely going to run 
my thing, and I would have picked him in this spot too. I actually think I had him ranked higher than you probably. But like, one, who is this guy's constituency? Like, I don't really understand yeah. who's clamoring to have him run for president. And two, I actually think all you got to do is if you're running against him in the primary, is show all of the pictures of him shaking hands with Taliban leaders signing the peace treaty, <laughs> yeah. and then he's done. Like, hey, I, think I, I can drop him the second he announces he's running. I just want those like <laughs> few points there. No, there, yeah, there you go. This, this is the problem when you get down into the, these this list of people is that you just have to go with everyone who's visited New Hampshire in the last two months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you want to really swing for the fences. Um, uh, all right, Chris. Up to you. I I think I'm going to go with uh, Christy Nome. Uh, I I think if if Nikki doesn't get it, then she might of that sort of token third fourth place spot uh, that sort of gets gets you onto the primary list, and then uh, you endorse someone else, and all of your voters go to them sort of situation. Yeah, she she is on my list, but probably a little lower. She's just so she's definitely leaning into the whole like I am Trump, <laughs> I am Trump reincarnate. God damn it! But she's also you know she kind of has a Mike DeSantis problem, except instead of governing a giant state, she governs one of the smallest states in the country. There you go. Yeah, she and it's it's I I was doing you know obviously some research before this and uh, I didn't realize that she only won her general election in Ruby Red South Dakota by three points yeah, <laughs> which uh yeah. i and like no and i i probably have taken over this pick too mm-hmm. um and she had like cory lewandowski is like trying very very hard to get her to run and she probably is mm-hmm. um well yeah that she's she's visited new hampshire more than once like i they're talking about 2022 being the answer and that she's really pushing for the local candidates but like come on yeah 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 all right mike take it away Okay, so this uh, guy, yeah, so this, I think people kind of have seen his run coming from a mile away. I don't really know how, how well it's going to go, and he is trying to split kind of a bit of a a bit of a uh, difference here, but I'm going to go with Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton, hmm. uh, a guy who I think is, is probably uh, one of the more, the most right-wing people in the Senate right now. Um <laughs> He, of course, very famously said that we have an under-incarceration problem in the United States and uh, wrote an op-ed, I believe, in the Washington Post uh, endorsing Trump's request to buy Greenland. But he also uh, actually voted to uphold the results of the election, uh, did not give in to the calls to to throw out the electoral votes. So I think he can maybe run as, yes, I am like very, 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 very conservative um, I caused I basically caused the guy at the New York Times to get fired for publishing my op-ed. But didn't he also back the 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 Bible protests, like the the gassing of the protesters, so that he could get the Bible pick? Probably he, did. He's a pretty <laughs> law and order kind of guy. Actually, yeah. there you go. Um, but he can be like, yes, I'm very 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 conservative, but I I also respect our country's institutions and won't do anything to uh to to sully them like like some others. Because that's what Republican primary voters want, is they want someone who respects institutions. <laughs> I, it, it depends what happens in 2022. That there's like, there's, I feel like there's a 5 or 7% chance that like 2022 doesn't go as well and that like uh, the suburban, the handful of suburban people sort of left in the Republican Party are able to sort of like 
trumpet like, come on, guys, we got to get the rest of the suburbs on board. And that the sort of everyone but the Trump hardcoreists can sort of uh, file into line that direction. But I, I, I'm dubious on whether that's happening. Right. I actually have Tom Cotton. So we've now drafted our first nine. So that's good job. Uh, I actually have Tom Cotton on my do not draft list. Oh. I think he has, I think his chances of running are somewhat overrated. Mm. And I think he performs terribly even if he runs. Yeah. So this is getting good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so my next pick, this is, so I feel like now we're getting kind of to like the, the, honestly, the bottom of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, probably going to run feel... and if they did run would do well but like... well here's the thing i have one guy who's definitely going to run but who i do not have faith in will do well and i've been <laughs> saying nothing but bad things about him this entire time florida senator marco rubio <laughs> well, well welcome welcome to team levito he's de- he's he, he's meeting with like donors in new york and stuff like he's raising money um i think he's going well, to run what's that He'll at least announce. Yeah, he'll at least announce again. May, may, maybe we just may, maybe he is the Republican Party's Joe Biden, right? Maybe he is. <laughs> you know, it'll take him a few cracks to get there. I don't know. Um, I don't even know if he's going to win his Senate race next year. I mean, he probably will, but <laughs> probably. I feel like it's still it's still an open question. Um, but he, he's going to run. Maybe he'll do better with without Trump blogging him. I. Maybe he'll learn to be a better debater, too. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in his campaign, but I do have faith that he will announce that he will run. So that is, that's more that's more that I can say for almost everyone else on my list. So there you go. Let's dispense with the fiction that Marco Rubio doesn't know what he's doing, Mike. He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Which is why he does it three times in a row. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. I mean, it's an okay pick. <laughs> Stopping up the wall. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, 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 you get into this territory of like, do you go with the people that are definitely going to run that you think aren't going to do well or the people that probably aren't going to run that if they did would sort of change the world? Um, I think I'll go Rick Scott, that he's sort of dabble in that direction. He's messing around in New Hampshire. Um, uh, that he seems to, he, he kept getting reelected. Um, uh, Florida is a big state. It's early on. It's very GOP. He was smart enough to run ads in Spanish um, that sort of made his part of the Latino electorate a little higher for both him and Trump. Um, uh, I think he straddles that line pretty well of having executive experience, which my suspicion is they'll like so long as Trump's not on the table. Um, didn't go against Trump in any meaningful way, but uh, people seem to think held things together pretty well, I think, and might benefit from not having the pandemic under his belts that like it looked rosier having been in the past and that maybe he could have done it better. Yeah, I actually have him on my do not draft list too. <laughs> uh, but you raise a good point about he is kind of savvy in terms of Florida politics. I mean, you'd hope because he was, you know, governor and uh, won a pretty challenging Senate race, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I don't know. He doesn't have like a lot of love in Congress itself, which I realize doesn't really matter. But like he, you know, he was the their campaign chair, and then they lost control of the Senate like almost immediately. <laughs> so okay. I, I know he's not like super popular. Um, but we have a lot of Floridians, and I think 
that's worth noting now is of the, you know, of the 11 folks we've picked, we've got DeSantis, Rubio, and Scott. We've picked yeah, basically yeah. every high, well, and Trump, right? We've picked every yeah, yeah. high level Republican in Florida. Which, uh, uh, base, basing off the mugshots of those people, uh, it's, uh, uh, attractiveness might not be high on that list, but I, I, right, I, you're right. I, so my, my feelings with Rick Scott is that like, it's weird, right? Cause he does go to a lot of like, uh, you guys go to Iowa, New Hampshire, a lot in other States, but I, I think it's hard to separate that from him wanting to run for president and also him just being the chair of the NRSC. Right. Um, there's also, and obviously he has all the money in the world. So if he really wants to run, he can do it and it's not going to be a problem for him. The only thing I feel like if the Senate elections don't go as planned for the Republicans next year, I feel like that will actually dissuade him from running Ooh, because I yes. think it would just kind of hurt some of institutional support. Like, I yeah. I, I think there's like a, a, a pretty like decent chance that like the Repu- uh, Democrats rather like hold serve and maybe even pick up a seat or two. Like I, I my, my feeling is that like my early prediction for 2022 is that it'll be like 2018 where um, the the the. The, the you know majority will will lose in the house but then maybe pick up some ground in the senate again that's Just my preliminary that. take and if that's the case then i think that doesn't uh that that kind of spells oh, doom for really, his chances for anyone sort of currently in the the gop hierarchy yeah rick scott is also up for re-election in 2024 yep. you cannot run for both offices in gotcha. florida which you know he could run in the primary and then drop out before the filing deadline but mm-hmm. If he thinks he's going to make it far, he may be in for a tough awakening. <laughs> true, true. But if, you, if you've gotten that deep in the game for president, you probably pull, go for it. Yeah. So, all right. I'll round out our 12th and halfway there pick with Josh Hawley. Uh, love the lovely senator from Missouri who may be one of the most like ignorant senators I can think of, but also just so, I mean, he goes out of his way to just like appeal to, I mean, he is shameless. Like Ted Cruz has shame. Put up that fist, baby. <laughs> right. But Josh Hawley will go out of his way to appeal. And he has said, you know, he's probably not interested, but he is acting like he's running. He, uh, I mean, there was a political article a couple months ago. It was like, he's clearly laying the groundwork. He is the only Senator to oppose uh, at the time, he was the only senator to oppose every single one of Biden's cabinet cabinet nominations. Um, and if you look at the inverse of this, where it's like how the senators who ran for the Democratic nomination voted uh, against like Trump's nominees and uh, Trump's legislation is they all did the same thing. Right. They all just voted against everything that Trump ever wanted, which. You do if you're trying to send a message okay. and it, he, you know, <laughs> He says he's not, but it looks like he is. Totally, yeah. Okay, I uh, hold on there. Chris. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> second, I forgot you got your second. So we've we've done our first twelve. That's kind of our top tier. We can now move into the little more, you know, kind of quicker speed doldrums. I'm gonna uh, start that by finally picking a moderate. I'm gonna pick Larry Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> the, governor of maryland who is like actually a pretty chill guy like i know i mean obviously we all used to live in the dc area so we know lots of friends who live in maryland and like even our most like progressive friends who lived in maryland they're like oh yeah i'm voting for hogan 
Um, do I think he does well? No, but I think he tries, right? Yeah, yeah. My, my suspicion is he, he doesn't get past announcing that, like, that, yeah. like, moderates just aren't a thing in this election may probably, or if that uh, moderates are a thing, that there's two or three people with better name recognition. Right. Yeah. I think his ceiling is, is 2016 Chris Christie, where he makes it <laughs> the base stage and then gloms on to the nominee. Or and it, and his floor is 2016 George Pataki, where nobody cares about him. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so yeah, I, we'll I, I agree he'll probably run, but I don't think it'll work out well for him. <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the big gamble, Tucker Carlson. That yeah. I yeah. it's it's I don't think he's stupid enough to run, but that if he is, he would do well. Yeah, I if, I, I agree. He has said he's not interested. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's got a really passionate following. Yeah, and my my suspicion is he does what Trump actually wanted to do, which is just sort of use that to rev up the sort of media engines to talk about him a bunch, and then not actually do it and back back a candidate he likes and use the power that way. But if he does run, especially I think if uh, Trump isn't involved, that that might sort of call on people to like, oh, you have to get in, you have to be the person that truly represents Trump, and then he might jump in that direction. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But if he does, yeah, good, good risk. <laughs> It'll be interesting what happens, um, like how that impacts his Fox career, right? Because I would assume he would have to take a leave of absence, and there's yeah. a chance that he might um, think it's just more lucrative to to stay on the air than it is to run. But but I agree, if 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 you're picking a non-politician, he, he's mm-hmm. definitely number one. Yeah, and I, I that I think that's why I put him on. Of like, uh, it's not like he's a normal celebrity that, and in, in, he's getting into politics. He's going from politi- already being partisan news to actually being a partisan candidate. But I agree that that would then make it harder for you to go back and just be a pundit. Which yeah. I, I think he's thinking that like, why risk? Why risk a good thing, especially when? There's probably going to be a candidate in this race that is willing that he's willing to back. That's doing that's like being his Trump, but maybe maybe. Yeah, yeah. he 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 could really uh, I think set the terms of the debate in a way that a lot of the other candidates couldn't. Totally. <laughs> All right, Michael, take it away with your next two. Okay, so ugh, we're getting to the real the real. <laughs> I, I know I like it. It's I'm excited to see what people pick for something. Okay. Really so <laughs> we're going to keep the Florida theme going. Uh, Congressman Matt going. Gates. <laughs> uh, there's a chance that federal agents kick down his door any minute now, but um, he Not. is speaking at a New Hampshire event uh, later on this year. So are a lot of people. But, you know, I think he's probably the most he, he's on a nationwide tour with Marjorie Taylor Greene right now. Uh, his name's out there. Uh, he clearly likes power. Mm. So I, I is it, 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 it'll, will he be like the Tim Ryan of of, of, of of the race? Probably. But, you know, crazier things have happened, I guess. He I, I think he's the only candidate we've gone through so far that has explicitly said, I will be running if Trump does not run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a pretty good chance, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um good good pick good pick oh and then so my next one kind of the other side of the coin is wyoming congresswoman liz cheney i 
think that she has the opportunity <laughs> to be kind of a martyr um, and, and sell herself as a moderate, even though she actually is quite conservative and actually votes more with Trump than, say, Elise Stefanik, who, you know, took her place. Um, and especially like, if she loses the primary, then it's like, why, why not? Why not just throw right. your hat in the ring, see what happens, see if you can get some disaffected Republicans to, to vote for you? Um, and yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure her family has the cash to, to, to help her run too. So, yeah. All right, Chris. Okie doke. I, I think this is the, the, the third tier of, uh, the sort of Trump political clout, which is, yeah, if not Donald Trump and, uh, if he doesn't truly find someone that he wants to back, I think Donald Trump, Trump Jr. That oh, I don't boo. think he's going to run. I but that there's something in me tells me that like the Trump family is not going to be able to leave that on the table. I I don't think he will. I think he'll he 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 probably just ends up uh, announcing if he does at all. Um, but again, just like probably not. Even if he does, uh, maybe Trump doesn't back him. If he does, Trump is definitely going to be there and at least talk a bunch. And people are going to be talking about it, whether they back him or not. But I, I don't think he does. I, I think all all three of the Trump kids aren't going to do it. They're just going to ride out the political clout. But he seems to be the one most willing to mess around in that space. I, I, I almost wonder if it'd be like a Lurleen Walls situation where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not running. But this person I'm related to and I talk to all the time is running. Yeah. Wink. Yeah. Wow. So do we really think that we think if Trump doesn't run, his son is definitely running? I do not. I don't think that. It, it's not. No, no. It's yeah, it's not a definite. I think it's it's sort of the, the my three tier hierarchy is Trump runs. Trump does not run, but actively, actively backs some candidate, Ron, hmm. Ron Santos, whoever. And that the third tier is he doesn't run. He doesn't really back anyone directly. And uh, Donald Trump. Junior sort of gets it in his britches that like maybe, um, right. yeah, just the just the pure hubris of being a, a child around power. So so the opposite question I have, not to take too much time on Donald Trump Junior, sure, but sure. is there ever a world in which both Trump and his son would run against each other? I can't think so. Like unless unless you're the Donald Trump Junior announces, then Trump <laughs> announces, and Donald Trump Junior like immediately backs out. Yeah, that would be funny. O- only only if junior's been watching too much succession but yeah. uh, right. <laughs> i don't i don't think so no and I, I also don't think he's gonna run but it's it's too high value a pick to not draft if it's there right yeah. so yeah that's that's fair um okay my i get two now let's see i'm gonna go i think the first one i'm gonna go with is uh arizona governor doug ducey mm. <laughs> Uh, we haven't really, you know, we haven't hit, uh, well, we actually have hit uh, quite a few governors, but we haven't hit very many governors other than Larry Hogan, who are like Trump skeptic-ish. Um, and, you know, Doug Ducey's kind of got a, he's got it both ways. You know, he's very conservative. He's obviously very anti-immigration. He was very much with Trump up until Trump said he won Arizona and he clearly did not. Uh, <laughs> But also Doug Ducey, I, people talk about it. People think he's going to run. I, 
I hesitate to just grab anyone just because people on the internet are talking about him, but that's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> he's got he's got that Cold Stone Creamery money too, so there you go. <laughs> and he, he also he also I believe his he because of term limits he will not be governor, right? Um, so that that free like compared to a lot of other governors that that gives him a lot of time to to run, right? That's uh, that's kind of my thought process, and then. My next, ah, God, I, I'm going to go with Rand Paul, uh, <laughs> K- Kentucky Senator, just because he, you know, he's kind of taking, he used to be, I mean, I hesitate to say he used to be a little more sane because he's always been like kind of weird and well, he's definitely always been weird, but he's always been kind of like a, a obstinate. <laughs> he's always been kind of a pain, right? But recently he's really gone all out on like this coronavirus thing and like he and Ron DeSantis are kind of the only two I can think of that have like so explicitly doubled down there and if they see that I mean it depends how this virus goes right but if the virus is still raging in 2024 and the world is basically how it is now where people are still wearing masks and vaccinations aren't really you know as effective years in the future I see Rand Paul and Ron DeSantis doing very well and they're like well it's too late humanity needs to evolve and we have to just give up (laughs) <laughs> and that's kind of his message. And I see, you know, after four years under the virus, I kind of see that appealing, especially to Republicans. Um, and they really seem to hate Fauci. Those, so <laughs> those who get vaxxed got vaxxed. Everyone else can live their life, sort of thing. No, no, I'm feeling that. Right. All right, Chris. <laughs> All right, I, I gotta. I, I probably should have done this. I don't know. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take my safety governor and go with Greg Abbott. I think he's he's sort of lower tier on that list in terms of uh, especially having gone against and backing the mandates, but uh, also having the press conference where he sort of gets out and says no more. Um, I think he's, he's less a clear Trump than uh, some of the others, but I think he's still sitting there. It's interesting because he actually has a like pro Trump primary challenger this, this cycle exactly. and Alan West. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting how that plays out and how maybe that that kind of like reshapes his uh, coalition. Mm. Totally. Well, I, I, my fear is that it might smear him a little bit, but um, I, don't know, I think I think there's a there's a there's some chance he comes out. But that's the only thing I'm thinking that direction. Yeah. I, I'm surprised it took us this long to draft him. Honestly. <laughs> there you go. All right, Mike. <laughs> Okay, so again, I don't really like any of my chances left here, um, and I'm gonna pick two very different people. The first is Nebraska Senator Ben Sass, who kind of like yeah. became the before Mitt Romney was like the biggest anti-Trump Republican in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I believe he's he's been doing a little fundraising. Um, he can run, I think, both as like explicitly anti-Trump. But then also like explicitly anti-Biden, like he's been very vocal on what he thinks the failing of the Biden administration have been. Mm. Uh, so I, I think that that helps him. And just there's a generally like wholesome image, I think. And then yeah, good. Uh, good. on the complete okay. other end of the Republican spectrum, I'm going to go with Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Wow. Uh, talk about someone who's shameless. Um <laughs> You know, she 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 has embarked on on that listening tour or not only a listening tour, more of a shouting tour with Matt <laughs> Gates. Um and is is certainly meeting some 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 interesting folks. And you know, I, I just think, you know, there there is just 
some pretty clear delusions of grandeur there that could uh, manifest in a presidential run if she doesn't <laughs> feel like anyone is sufficiently uh, pro-Trump or sufficiently pro-Q. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, for a final pick. That's a pretty good one, Mike. Um, she definitely seems like she wants to run mm-hmm. because she's over her head and I think she's experienced fame for the first time in her life, and it's uh, going a little crazy. My my guess is that the the actual running of a presidential campaign is where where she hits the wall, and like she's one of the uh, folks that like barely that sort of gets campaigning, gets enough money to announce, and then sort of falls apart somewhere in that spectrum. Or she could be like the Tulsi Gabbard equivalent for the Republicans, where she just kind of stays around, but everyone just eventually See, I, bats I think her I've, away. I've, between uh, Noam and Haley, I think I've grabbed the the Gabbard. It's it's going to be one of the two of them, is my suspicion. I actually feel like Carlson's the Gabbard. <laughs> I like because Tulsi had like a following. True, true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, I see. Um, that makes more sense. All right, Marjorie Taylor Greene is your last pick, Mike. So, Chris, bring it home with your last pick. I mean, you gotta you gotta go with the Mormon. It's Mitt Romney, baby. Good, finally. Thank you. He is <laughs> yeah, the only like, one who is polling above one percent who we have not picked. Exactly, and it's it's the uh, the especially the, if things are super Trumpy, I think he's one of the few moderates to run just to stick nose in it. Uh, he, he's the only one who actually has much credibility other than Larry Hogan, too. There you go. And the, he's got he's got the name and like uh, everyone was saying, sort of every candidate seems to besides Trump seems to take a couple runs at it before they actually make it. Um, having having totally actually lost, I think, sort of really puts him down a few mm. points. But uh, yeah, now that he's sort of well, I guess the Republican Party has shifted around him. Uh, right. I, I think he runs at bare minimum just to. Uh, sort of cement his place and then go back to Utah. Yeah, uh, he was going to be my last pick, too, just because <laughs> he's polling at three percent. I mean, there almost everyone we've mentioned other than Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence and Donald Trump is not polling that high. Yeah. So who knows? I, I know Mike's a little about. Romney skeptic, though. <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't know. It's I think he is the face of. He is every Democrat's favorite Republican, which makes me think he will not do very well in Republican primary. <laughs> right. Right. How the times have changed. <laughs> OK, for my last pick, uh, I'm going to go with the former governor of Alaska, Sarah Palin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you, you got you heard me. Okay. Um, she is expressed interest in a Senate run in uh alaska in 2022 challenging lisa murkowski Mm. so she that and there's been a string of headlines in the last month it's like sarah palin wants back in the game she was also (laughs) one of the first people to like well one of the first people with credibility not that she has much but to endorse donald trump she was she was yeah exactly so that now it seems like there's a decent chance in 2022 she absolutely nails it like and just being all Trumpy skyrockets in that next position. I can see it. She right. was also pretty, pretty explicitly anti-riot. So I think that, as in like capital riot. So I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. probably helps her too. Yeah. yeah. So 
there you have it. Those are our 24 picks. Uh, before we close things out for this episode, we should open the floor now to any trades or substitutions. Is anyone regretting a pick they made or they want to make a very generous offer for my Donald Trump? <laughs> no, we, can we talk about people we left on the board who sure. we were also thinking on the about? Cutting floor. Sure. Maybe you'll mention someone and I'll drop Rand Paul for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so in my, in my list of 26 names that I compiled, um, I mean, most most of them were picked. The only ones that were left on mine were uh, were John Kasich, who I don't think is actually going to run, and whose endorsement of Biden I think pretty much sinks his chances. Right. Uh, Charlie Baker, I just had there as like a token New England moderate governor. <laughs> I had Chris Christie because I saw that name floating around in some articles, but again, I don't think that would actually ever happen. Yeah. And then just just to fill out the craziness quotient, I had Mike Lindell and Candace Owens, just in case <laughs> like, things got really, really nuts. I had, yeah. I had Candace Owens down there. Uh, the other one, uh, uh, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, he's just mm. so young. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also um, has been like heckled at like events for uh, saying that the election was not stolen. So oh, <laughs> you can read my article on salon.com about it. <laughs> um, my, Mike Lindell was probably the top of my list and people who were left off just because I read a whole I read a very convincing article about why he's definitely running for president. Um, the two ones on my list that I, I guess I was never going to get around to picking were Joe Rogan and Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, I see both of them, depending on the next year goes, thinking mm-hmm. about it. I, I, Caitlyn Jenner has been so disinterested in her run for California governor that <laughs> I would be, I just, just to witness the sheer apathy she would bring to like, yeah, yeah. this election would be something this, else. This is something my PR team talked me into doing. Someone, yeah. I, I should mention, I, I also wrote down Paul Ryan. I, I could see him trying to stage a comeback, like, uh, um, <laughs> what Gingrich style, right? But like, yeah, hotter. I, yeah, he he seemed broken is too strong a word, but like he seemed to like at, by the end he was ready to get out of the game. Like, mm. look, maybe everything turns around for him, but uh, uh, my suspicion is his his spirit has been broken. Yeah, but I, I can see that. Okay, I I'd like to offer a trade to Mike. <laughs> Mike, who can I give you for Ted Cruz? <laughs> Uh, nobody. Oh, oh, come on. This this is where the eight limit gets into play. That like that tr- trades uh of like that like once they're on the board they like can stay on the board so you can like take two of his for Ted Cruz or something. Right. So I could give Mike. I'll give you like Tim Scott and Mike Pompeo for Ted Cruz. The, <laughs> so I guess no. See, the, I so I I would. If you had Mike Pompeo and another more appealing asset, then I would trade you <laughs> Ted Cruz. But I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't feel this may change in a few days, but at the moment I, I don't feel strongly enough uh to get to get rid of him. Okay, fine. <laughs> that that was my one trade offer. Anyone now, else got if, any? if we want to do a thing where you give me Mike Pompeo, um and then Chris gives me Nikki Haley, and then Chris can take whatever <laughs> other one he wants outside of Mike Pence. Then I'd be open to it. Let's mm. to turn on that one. I guess here's and this this might be a totally different uh, 
podcast, but that do you guys think that the election will be a top part of the 2024? Like in 2022? Well, not, no, but like, I definitely think it's going to be a part of 2022, but my suspicion is because it's not directly about the presidential run, that that'll stay simmering below the surface. Mm. But that by the time 2024, this primary comes around, your whether you back, whether you believe the election was stolen or not, is that going to be like a, a, like one of the most salient questions or not? It, yes. it, w- <laughs> it will be a question that is asked at every early debate. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I will it be a thing that I think is the like I'm okay. sure that um, quote unquote election integrity will be in the Republican Party platform, assuming they draft a new one, which they did not. Um, right. True. True. Yeah. Um, and and that that'll get a lot of talk, but it will be asked at every debate. I you know maybe as the primary goes on, it'll be a little less salient, mm-hmm. but it, it'll def it'll definitely be talked about. It'll be the one of the first waves. Okay. Okay. I get. I think I get a turn on that one, and maybe. Come back to y'all with some trades thinking on that. Good deal. Does anyone want to drop anyone for anyone who we haven't mentioned? <laughs> Just immediately. <laughs> Mike Lindell. Come on. Someone get <laughs> Hello it up. All right. I guess not. Okay. My last question for you guys. Do either of you want to pick a team name based on your theory of the race? The, the fighting governors. Senators. Gotcha. Go. I don't know. When I you- don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything at the moment, so not right now. No. I'm I've got something in toying with me. I'll get back to you on it. But I think I think for now I'll have to say no as well. Okay, good deal. I'm thinking Trump and Govs. <laughs> Trump and Gov. <laughs> but you guys can get back to me and we'll throw your team name Moon, on our webpage. Moonshot. The moonshot. That's not bad. Moonshot. That's a lot of them I've got I've got a, too many of like the like maybe cooks off. All right, Mike, you sure you don't have one yet? Yeah. Um, I always go back and change it. <laughs> Isn't it basically just like also rands and congressmen? <laughs> like, that's kind of <laughs> what it is. That could be it. <laughs> Congress question mark. Um, we'll follow up with you, Mike. Right, how about this 2016? I have a lot. I, lot, I have um, people who played heavily into 2016. So why don't we make it? 2016 point oh. 2016.0? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, the, the only other one I had was uh, Hindsight's 2016. Oh, that's pretty no, good. No, let's do that. That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, and that is our first round of this draft, everyone. Thank you for listening, everyone. There's a lot of c- competition here, as you can tell. Uh, let us know what you think on Twitter. Uh, you can find us and follow us at the Post Writer, or you can reach out to us via our email address, contact at thepostwriter.com. Uh, Politics Express is a Postwriter podcast brought to you, of course, by thepostwriter.com. And you can check out the stuff we work on, things we've written, other podcasts, and more over there. And we will see you all and each other next time. But until then, check out the results of this draft on thepostwriter.com slash 2024 draft. And thanks for joining, Chris and Mike, and may the games begin. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure. See you next time.